The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Good morning. It's Thursday, the 20th of July in London. This is the Bloomberg Daybreak Europe podcast. I'm Caroline Hepke. Coming up today, Nigel Farage speaks to us about the Coote's decision to close his accounts. Profits tumble at Goldman as pressure on Solomon grows and Apple plays catch up on generative AI. Let's start with a roundup of our top stories. Prime Minister Rishi Sunak says that the British government will crack down on banks who deny services based on their clients' views. The UK leader was responding to Coots' decision to close politician Nigel Farage's account. We spoke to Farage on this programme. He is calling for bosses at the parent bank RBS to face questions from MPs. I think the bosses of the RBS group should appear before a parliamentary committee to explain why they now make political and moral judgments on customers of theirs who meet their financial requirements and who give opinions that are entirely within the law and are majority views in this country. Responding to our interview with Nigel Farage, a Coote spokesperson said, quote, decisions to close an account are not taken lightly and involve a number of factors, including commercial viability, reputational considerations and legal and regulatory requirements. We'll have more of the interview with Nigel Farage and the response from Coots in a few minutes. Moving on to earnings now, Tesla shares fell in late trading after profitability shrank, showing the EV makers' industry-leading margins are being squeezed by months of price cuts. The company reaffirmed production guidance of 1.8 million units this year. Elon Musk said earlier that the car maker had a shot at producing 2 million vehicles. I think it makes it does make sense to sacrifice margins in favor of making more vehicles because we think in the not too distant future they will have a dramatic valuation increase. I think the Tesla fleet value increase at the point at which we can upload a full self you know, full self driving and it's approved by regulators will be the single biggest step change in asset value maybe in history. That was the Tesla CEO Elon Musk, who also said that the company will probably keep slashing prices of electric vehicles if interest rates continue to rise. Production lines will be paused briefly in the third quarter for factory upgrades. Netflix also slumped 8.3% after market after its third quarter revenue outlook missed estimates. That story now from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. It suggests a crackdown on password sharing and a new advertising strategy are not yet delivering the sales growth that analysts anticipated. Netflix's second quarter sales rose 2.7% to $8.19 billion, coming in slightly below analyst projections. That was due in part 
part to foreign exchange rates and to price cuts in some markets. The company's forecast for third quarter revenue of $8.52 billion was also shy of Wall Street estimates, which average $8.67 billion. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. Goldman Sachs saw profits plunge in the second quarter in yet more bad news for the bank's embattled CEO, David Solomon. Second quarter earnings fell 58% on an investment banking slump, real estate markdowns and a goodwill write-down in its consumer business. Return on equity, which is a key measure of profitability, also slid to 4%. That is the worst among the top US banks. But David Solomon says that he is positioning the firm for the future. We're making tough decisions that are driving the strategic evolution of the firm. Given both these factors, it should come as no surprise that we're going to a period of lower results. I remain fully confident that we will deliver on our through-the-cycle targets of mid-teens returns and create significant value for shareholders. Solomon spoke to investors on the bank's earning call there after the lender had actively tamped down expectations heading into the report, prompting analysts to slash their estimates for quarterly profit by almost half since June for Goldman Sachs. And just finally, Apple is working on artificial intelligence tools that could challenge those of OpenAI and others. According to people with knowledge of these efforts, the iPhone maker has built its own framework to create large language models known as Ajax. Bloomberg's Mark Gurman broke that story. Apple is going all in on LLMs or large language models. Uh, that's the heart of the AI technology that powers ChatGPT, Microsoft being AI, Google Bard, and all of these fancy new AI tools we've been hearing about. So they've developed their own underlying framework at Apple called Ajax to power its own next generation LLMs. And it's also built an internal ChatGPT-like tool for use among its employees that operates very similar to the tools we're seeing from other others today. Bloomberg's Mark Gurman there. He also reports that the company has yet to devise a clear strategy for releasing the technology to consumers. So that news on Apple uh, in our top stories for you this morning. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Now, I want to move on to an important interview that we've done. Uh, the former leader of the UK Independence and Brexit Party, Nigel Farage, has called for a parliamentary inquiry into why Coots closed his bank account last month. So the pro-Brexit politician, speaking to Bloomberg Radio, says that the internal documents from the bank, a unit of NatWest, show that his account was closed because of his views. Farage published a 40-page report from Coots yesterday. It's not limited to Farage's financial position. It also includes analysis of his public comments and media coverage. And I'm sure you know, but this issue has created a media storm which has drawn in the Prime Minister. Joining me now in studio is Bloomberg's finance 
Arts reporter Will Shaw. Will, good morning. Good morning. We've been tracking this story and we interviewed Nigel Farage together yesterday. How did, first of all, this row actually all start? So a few weeks ago, Coots, which is a banker to the wealthy, including the royal family, closed down his bank account. Now, at the time, people familiar with that decision indicated that that was because he hadn't deposited enough money um, with the firm. Similar stories ran in the BBC and the Financial Times. Um, Nigel Farage, however, had put in a subject access request to Coots, asking documents um, that would indicate why the decision was made. Now, these documents appear to suggest that they considered his political views and made an assessment that his values didn't match to Coots's wider commitment to inclusion. Um, in particular, the, these documents uh, apparently mention perceptions as him, of him as being xenophobic and racist and even describe him or even mention a perception that he's a disingenuous grifter. So whatever you think about Nigel Farage and his opinions, those are very strong words. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, um, well, you and I spoke to the politician and broadcaster Nigel Farage, so I want us to listen to that extensive interview. Have a listen now. Well, it's pretty clear, isn't it, that when that decision was taken, it was because I do not fit with their agenda. I do not fit with their policies, apparently, of diversity and inclusion. I do not represent their values. I am a very, very bad person because I happen to hold views which are legal and are majority views in the country that the upper class, uh, upper middle class types that inhabit coots don't share. So it's pretty clear. If you look at the 17th of November, it's pretty Nigel, clear that decision was made. Nigel, have they lied then? They've lied about the uh, they've lied about the initial reason for closing the account. Yes, um, I mean what they would say in their defence is that since November 2022, there was a big drawdown on the account, a temporary drawdown on the account, but it's now back up to the levels that they themselves described as commercially viable. So look, you know they've been absolutely dishonest about this all the way through. In, in this document, it says that at one point it says it's clear that you project xenophobic, chauvinistic and racist views, although you've done it yeah, within the law. And there's also they also say there's a perception of you as a disingenuous grifter. Uh, do, you have any, do you have any plans to sue the bank or is it your view that anyone at um, NatWest or Coots ought to resign over this? It is bile. It is poison. It is written with venom. It is prejudiced in a most extraordinary way that only the upper middle classes who live in central London postcodes could possibly do. Um, and I think this is why airing it in public is causing them such a panic. Uh, look, should, should someone think, do you do you think that someone ought to resign over it? And if so, who? I tell you what I think should, I tell you what I think should happen. I think the bosses of the RBS group should appear before a parliamentary committee to explain why they now make political and moral judgments on customers of theirs who meet their financial requirements and who give opinions that are entirely within the law and are majority views in this country. In terms of the timing then, uh, that was the other question I was going to ask you. Obviously, you were leader of UKIP between 2006-2009, Brexit Party leader 2010 to 2016. Why do you think the bank made the decision now? I think it's the whole RBS group. I think that uh, the boss of the group now, Alison Rose, has taken uh, Coots and taken Nat West uh, into territory that I think is highly political. I think there's been a shift 
<clears throat> in the way these banks view the world and view their customers. And that is my best guess as to the timing of it. There's nothing I've said or done that's any different to what I've said and done for the previous 20 years. In terms of Alison Rose, you think that she has questions yeah. to answer personally for this situation? I, I think she's going to be questioned by, I, I think mainstream media, as we speak, are asking those questions. You know, what have you done? <clears throat> what have you done to this banking group? What direction are you taking it in? Aren't you beginning behave, to behave a bit more like a political organisation than a bank that is that a bank group that is 40% owned by the taxpayer? So, yeah, look, I just hope by coming out in public, I sponsor a very, very big debate about what banks are for. And ultimately, ultimately what I want is for everybody to have the right to a bank account, the right to their own business account. This used to exist in our country before the privatisation of the post office. It still exists in, in comparable mm. countries like France and Germany. And I think this okay. is a very, very important and fundamental issue because you know, as we move towards a more and more digitised society, whether we like it or not, without a bank account, you simply can't exist. You, I mean, you virtually become a non-person. So that was the politician and broadcaster Nigel Farage talking about the contents of that report, why Coots made the decision. Now, in response to Farage's comments, a spokesperson for Coots has given us this statement. It's being read here in full by a Bloomberg journalist. We recognise the substantial interest in this case. We cannot comment on the detail given our customer confidentiality obligations. However... It is not Coots's policy to close customer accounts solely on the basis of legally held political and personal views. Decisions to close an account are not taken lightly and involve a number of factors, including commercial viability, reputational considerations and legal and regulatory requirements. We recognise the critical importance of access to banking, when it became clear that our client was unable to secure banking facilities elsewhere and, as he has confirmed publicly, he was offered alternative banking facilities with NatWest. That offer stands. We understand the public concern that the process for ending a customer relationship and how that is communicated are not sufficiently transparent. We welcome the anticipated HM Treasury recommendations in this area alongside the ask to prioritise the review of the regulatory rules related to politically exposed persons. We look forward to working with the government, the regulator and the wider industry to ensure that universal access to banking is maintained. OK, so that is the Coots response then uh, to Nigel Farage's comments there in full. Uh, Bloomberg Finance reporter Will Shaw is still with me. Um, to really go through this story, how significant an issue actually is this idea of closing bank accounts for customers? I think it would be easy to say, oh, this is just Nigel Farage. This is just something that affects one person. He obviously has a very unique uh, political standing in UK life. Um, despite his sort of class war rhetoric, he's from a wealthy background. He's a former trader. Um, and until very recently, he even had an account with Coots. However, like there is concern that this might well set a wider precedent. As you heard him warning there, uh, there are lots of people that share Nigel Farage's views, as, as he, would be, he would be quick to point out, and as the Brexit vote demonstrated in 2016. So he would argue that if he can be targeted on, on his mm. political values, all kinds of people can be targeted in the same way. Uh, 
And speaking of which, um, it has drawn in, you know, quite a number of politicians. You know, we heard it discussed in Parliament yesterday. And in fact, the Prime Minister made some comments too. Have a listen to what he said. It, it wouldn't be right if financial services were being denied to anyone exercising their right to lawful free speech. Uh, our new Financial Services and Markets Act put, puts in place new measures to ensure that politically exposed persons are being treated in an appropriate and proportionate manner. And having consulted on the payment services regulations, we are, we are in the process of cracking down on this practice by tightening the rules around account closures. So Rishi Sunak there speaking yesterday. So what do you think, Will, could actually result from all of this? So um, Nigel Farage obviously has called for a parliamentary inquiry. Um, now, a lot of the criticism that we were hearing in Parliament yesterday is from I, what you might call ideological bedfellows of, of Nigel Farage. Um, what I would say is the uh, it seems to this incident seems to have raised eyebrows at the Financial Conduct Authority, which is probably a little bit more concerning for Coots and that West. Um, so Nikhil Ratti, who's head of the Financial Conduct Authority, was speaking to you yesterday. He said he'd spoken to Coots. Mm. Um, he was talking at Parliament's Treasury Select Committee. Um, he, he discussed UK, UK and European Union uh, regulation and he said that essentially the financial firms are not able to discriminate on the, the political views of their customers. Okay. Um, so just lastly, a, a final thought on what it might mean for Coots, NatWest, Nat CEO Alison Rose? We've, I mean, we've heard very little of them so from them so far, particularly from from Nat West, who appear to be letting Coots do do uh, the most of the talking on this. Um, Nat West obviously is still largely state owned. Um, it doesn't look like the headlines are going to fade on this anytime soon. Okay. I, I would anticipate further pressure. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, your morning brief on the stories making news from London to Wall Street and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed every morning on Apple, Spotify and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning on London DAB Radio, the Bloomberg Business app and Bloomberg.com. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa device. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 11.30. I'm Caroline Hepke. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at CarterEconomicForum.com.